The Holy Gospel is taken from the 17th chapter of Luke. We stand. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who's just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you rather not say to that one, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later, you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also... When you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. A word of introduction before I begin. Uh, I'm Greg Williams. I'm the interim senior pastor, and this is my first Sunday in worship with you. I'll be a little bit more regular around here um, after, the, after October. There were things already planned before I started here. Uh, my wife, Brenda, is with me. I won't embarrass her by having her stand up or anything, but uh, she's with Connie Herlocker down there, a good friend of ours from our previous congregation Grace in Hendersonville, where we still live, and uh, I'm trying out retirement living at Trinity Oaks. Uh, maybe I'll uh, finally get it right. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Today's preaching text is Habakkuk. So I'll be referring to that one. You know, as humans, we experience a wide range of emotions, excitement, joy, love, sadness, grief, hope, and more. And we can usually handle those emotions, right? Piece of cake. But what about that emotion, anger? Anger. How do you handle anger? You yell at somebody or something, break something, curse under your breath, or heaven forbid, not so much under your breath. Hit a punching bag, shatter dishes in a rage room, or just stuff it. Internalizing that anger again and again until it finally erupts in an outburst or an action that totally surprises you or even worse, surprises an innocent bystander that wonders, where in the world did this come from? I've done some of those things, still do some of those things. It seems to me that anger might be the human emotion that is challenging for us to express. Society seems to frown upon it, and so we sit on it and we sit on it, and we sit on it, until finally, boom, it erupts. 
Habakkuk handles his anger differently, quite differently. Habakkuk, in our reading today, is angry at God for letting God's chosen people get crushed by the, Scripture says, Chaldean. We know it in history as Babylonian army because the Babylonians from the east and the Egyptians from the west are after territory. And guess who's in between those world powers? Habakkuk may even see the massive Babylonian army or a dust cloud of it coming over the horizon. He sees the crisis that threatens God's people. And Habakkuk's angry. He's upset. Now, he doesn't smash anything. No, Habakkuk takes it out on God. How about that? In his lament that we read this morning... Habakkuk recognizes that crisis that's coming, the crisis that's facing Israel. And he protests to God in his lament. Why? Why haven't you answered my prayer? Why don't you answer me? Why are you letting these armies come and devastate your cities and your people? Where are you, God? Notice Notice that Habakkuk doesn't blame God for those invading armies. He's just angry that God hasn't answered his prayers. Have you ever been angry with God? You don't need to raise your hand. (laughs) Habakkuk isn't the only person in the Bible to get angry with God. You've read the Psalms, right? Yeah, some of those are directed at God. I've known people through the years following the death of a loved one who have powerful feelings of anger toward God. And initially, they're paralyzed by that anger and their grief. They're just stuck because being angry at another person, well, that's one thing. Even being angry at the person that died, that's one thing, right? But anger, anger at the Lord of creation, that's quite another thing, isn't it? Some of us have probably been angry at God recently. That's okay. That's okay. I've been angry with God recently sometimes too. But God's big enough to handle it. And we're not the first ones to be angry with God. But what do we do with that anger that's so kind of nebulous? And it might be at God, it might be at someone or something else. But what do we do? How do we cope? with the crises that give rise to this hard-to-manage anger that we might be feeling. Habakkuk, in our reading today, laments his situation. He protests in his prayer to God about the invading armies and that crisis, and then Habakkuk waits. He waits for God to answer. So let's take a cue from Habakkuk in dealing with our anger these days. Today's Bible reading suggests at least two ways forward. The first is patience. Patience. And that's often difficult in things. We want to do things now. We want results now. How many of you are like me when you're using your computer or or surfing on the Internet? um, Expect things to happen right away. You click it, boom, there it is on the screen. 
And there's nothing more frustrating for me than seeing that little circle going round and round and round. And I can't do anything about it except wait. Ugh. Patience is sometimes challenging when our schedule's slammed or a task list is growing larger or we want it to happen now. Or what about our addiction to Amazon? Hmm? How many of us are on Amazon Prime and we see something and we pull out our phone and click, click, and it's delivered the next day? Bingo! Society does seem to be training us to be impatient. Habakkuk has a different approach, doesn't he? Habakkuk is patient. Habakkuk goes out on the ramparts, the top of the city wall, and he waits. He waits. I pictured my granddaughter, Piper, posing on the Ravenel Bridge, not wanting to do something with Charleston Harbor stretching out behind her as I thought about Habakkuk standing there on the ramparts of Jerusalem defiantly looking into God's face saying, God, answer me right in God's face as close as he could get. With his presence, his words demanding God respond to his prayers. But Habakkuk is patient. He hangs in there with God. And so the second activity of Habakkuk is the key one, I think. He stands there on the ramparts of the city, praying defiantly, right as close as he can get to God's face, but he's filled with faith. Habakkuk prays and waits with faith. He trusts that God will indeed respond to his prayers, to his demands, to his anger. Habakkuk knows that God not only hears him, but also Habakkuk knows that God will answer. So that's why he's able to go out on that wall, face up to God defiantly, because he knows, he knows that God will answer his prayer. In verse 2 of chapter 2 of Habakkuk, God responds to Habakkuk. How about that? The prophet's patience and faith are rewarded, and God promises a vision of the future. It's a vision of the end, which means that Habakkuk still has to wait patiently. He has to wait faithfully for the fullness of time, fullness of the vision that God instructs him to write down. God not only counsels Habakkuk to wait patiently, but God also assures him that the vision will be fulfilled. And it seems to me that the final verse of that reading from Habakkuk today, that God provides the key, the key to seeing God's vision, the key to us participating in that vision's realization Verse 4 of chapter 2 reads, Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. The righteous live by their faith. Now, our innate human pride can hinder our faith if we're really honest with ourselves. It can obscure witnessing 
and participating in God's vision, God's call to ministry and mission. Stereotypically, guys, we like to fix things. We want to grab a hold of a problem, determine the solution, and make it right. The sooner the better. And I do that too. My mom cringes when I go to her house and I say, what can I help with, mom? What can I do? Because just as often as I've fixed something, she's had to call the plumber or a carpenter or somebody to repair it. <clears throat> and it cost a wee penny and then some. Because I think I know what needs to be done and I don't want to wait. And I think in other things too, I don't need to pray and discern what God's guidance, will, and plan is. And that's where I run into trouble. Pride hinders my faithful patience. And the result is not usually the best. One antidote, at least one antidote to pride is humility. Humility. To honestly admit that we don't have the answers, and that's okay. To own that humility and to lean hard and faithfully into God's grace. And then we wait. We wait prayerfully, patiently, but actively to discern God's guidance. Habakkuk's activeness was going up on the ramparts to continue to wait and pray. But God commends to us in this verse the humility of living by faith to trust in God, and we will not be disappointed, my friends. God will not forsake us. God will not abandon us. And this promise is repeated throughout Scripture, isn't it? One verse that was central for Luther at the Reformation, Romans 1:17, the righteous will live by faith. Luther clung to. And in Galatians 3, Paul wrote, again, the one who is righteous will live by faith. Standing before God and waiting patiently. That's the hard work of faith to which we all are called. We're not in control, but we pray and wait for God to act. We faithfully look for where God is acting, where God is at work in the world, in our community, and we discern what are our gifts and how do I share those in that work that God is already about. We wait individually. And we wait corporately as the body of Christ at St. John's. Sometimes, yeah, we wait more patiently than other times. We're human. But we persist in waiting and showing each other grace when we get impatient. And we wait with faith. Because you and I, you know, we believe for all we're worth, we believe and cling to the sign of God's faithful presence with us, the incarnation, God in flesh, Jesus of Nazareth. It is Jesus who shows us the depth and breadth of God's love and care like nobody else. 
we see in Jesus and we believe through Jesus that God will never abandon us. Remember Jesus' words as he ascended at the end of Matthew? I am with you always, always to the end of the age. That's a long time, isn't it? And Paul reminded us in one of my favorite verses in the 8th chapter of Romans, nothing, nothing can ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul learned his patience through difficulties. When he cried out over and over for that thorn to be removed, he heard God telling him, Patience, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient. Like the lament of Habakkuk there centuries before him, Jesus cried out to God while hanging on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that faithful lament hung in the air that day waiting for God's response as Jesus breathed his last. It hung in the air and echoed in the grief-stricken hearts of his followers while Jesus lay in the tomb for three long days. But on that third day, on that third day, God answered their faithful patience and prayers and waiting. And boy, did God answer, didn't he? Didn't God? In a powerful and earth-rattling, history-changing way, God raised Jesus from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus is that ultimate sign that God will never, ever abandon God's people. God responded to his son Jesus when the time was right. And God responded in a way that the world didn't expect and that the world would never forget. By prayerfully waiting, God brought the disciples from the crisis of their grief and dismay and loss to the joy of calm. And through them, the world was changed forever. Through them, we are gathered here this day. May God graciously grant each of us the humble faith we need to have patience when we're hurting. May we cling tightly to God's promise in the certainty that God will respond to our prayers at the right time and in the best way. Amen.